Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Thanks for thanks for tuning in again. Uh, Michelle is off taking some well-deserved vacation time, so uh, just me today, me and our guest. Um, and, uh, and we do have some great stuff to talk about today. But first, as always, want to make sure and thank our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. It's their grant dollars to us that helps us put on this show every uh, every time we put it on. And um, uh, so, as always, a big thank you to DHCD and DSLBD. It's also their grant dollars that helps us provide uh, storefront improvement grants, uh, uh, small business technical assistance, and uh, many of the promotional activities, the events that we have around town, uh, around Rhode Island Avenue. Um, so thanks DHCD and thanks DSLBD. Um, some very quick announcements. Um, we, uh, it, it, if anybody that's lived in the neighborhood for any length of time knows, um, there's lots of DC water-based construction going on down at 4th and Rhode Island Avenue. And um, we are rolling out a whole host of, of um, technical assistance and grants to those businesses to help them during this time. Uh, you've noticed that many of them have their, um, their entrances practically blocked by the construction. It's, it's construction that we can't avoid. It's fantastic infrastructure improvements that are long overdue. But the bottom line is that those businesses uh, are, are hurting a bit. So um, as you think about shopping local and as you think about supporting your neighborhood-based businesses, don't forget the likes of Huacate Chicken, uh, Edgewood Liquors, Abem Family Market, Mint Dental, Studio Alon, and many of the others there at uh, 4th and Rhode Island Avenue that um, that still need your patronage. So um, if you care about small businesses in the neighborhood, maybe you could uh, take a few extra steps and be sure to support those businesses. So we'd, we'd really appreciate that, and I know they would too. Uh, and remember that all those... Um, for every dollar that you spend with locally owned businesses, a, a much larger percentage of that dollar stays right here in the community as opposed to um, national chains. So uh, so be sure and give them some love. Um, those are the businesses at 4th and Rhode Island Avenue Northeast. Um, you can uh, visit our website, riamainstreet.org, for a full list of, of businesses on the Main Street Corridor and uh, certainly in that 4th Street area. So thank you in advance for um, being good neighbors and, and taking care of our businesses. Um, and, and summer is here, and with summer comes uh, lots of exciting events. I know Langdon Pool is about to open. Everybody's excited about that. Uh, we all know that Rita's is open, so don't forget to go over there and get your uh, your frozen custard and your, your Rita's ice this summer. Um, and... and with summer also become uh, comes a lot of events, and uh, we are joined today by Brian Becker. Uh, Brian is the creative genius behind um, one of the most popular events in the summer, Northeast Eats. 
DC. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's start at the beginning. What is Northeast Eats? Northeast Eats is a celebration of neighborhood food and beverage. And what we realized four years ago is that there was just so much energy happening in this quadrant of the city. And I was working for a nonprofit in Northeast at the time, and I was charged with figuring out a creative event outlet where we could somehow draw attention to our cause. And I said, well, if we could get all of the folks who are making the delicious tastes of food and breweries and distilleries and food trucks and incubator spaces and everything else, and then sell tickets, uh, it it would draw attention to all the great things happening in this part of town, including the the work that I was doing at the Washington Jesuit Academy. So um, that was the initial plan. Uh, I called in a couple friends who were in the industry who helped me build it out so that it would be attractive to vendors. And then we got a great list of vendors and then it became a great event for the attendees. Um, So from the beginning, it's been kind of from the inside out. Um, And I think what, what makes me most proud about where we are now is how many of the vendors return year after year. And it's become this this great community of people. We had our, our vendor meet and greet uh, with some media folks last Wednesday at 1-8 Distilling. And it was really like a reunion of sorts uh, for a lot of the vendors. And, and we, it's, it's a great group of people. Um, I, I'm, I'm really privileged to count myself as really part of the crew now. Um, and that, that spirit and that energy and that collaboration, which is so attractive um, and, and really warms the heart, uh, is, is at, at the center of this event. Yeah, you said this was the fourth year? It is the fourth year, yeah, um, and big changes for this year. So um, I have left the Academy, um, and they were extremely gracious to allow me to continue doing the event uh, in spite of that. Um, now my, my day job is over at Catholic University working with small businesses directly. And so in a way, this uh, led to my career change uh, recently, uh, and it's, it's really exciting to, to do that on a daily basis, but then to refocus our efforts towards showcasing local food and beverage businesses specifically uh, this summer. And uh, we've, we've grown each year. Um, we had it on our campus for the first two years, and it was 40 degrees and rainy no matter what date we chose, and it just, <laughs> it's the nature of doing events. Uh, we were at Dock 5 at Union Market last year, and it was great to kind of grow into a bigger space. And then uh, D.C. Brow has been incredibly generous to host this year. Oh, so that's, what, that's where it's going to be this year? D.C. Brow on June 1st, um, and we have plenty of space for plenty of vendors and plenty of people. Um, so the, the basic setup is for $50, you get full tastings of all the food and beverage vendors. Um, I still think it's the best deal in town. Um, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not the kind of event where they charge you on the front end and then charge you once you get there. Um, once you get in the door, you get a chance to sample as much or as many things as you want. Um, and it's, it's not the kind of thing where you get a, a thimble full of beer and you know, a cracker every now and again. The, the, the vendors really br- bring their best stuff, uh, and it, it, it's turned into a great community event. So I'm I'm looking at your website at the, at the list of um, some of the vendors and it it is you know from a from a made in DC perspective this is a who's who of of, um, of food producers here um, a lot of my favorites just in the first couple of lines here um, some some great uh, breweries and distilleries as well as um, as well as northeast based foods um mgm roast beef sloppy mamas ruby scoops red bear brewing uh the list goes on and on and on uh literally um so one of the things that um that you do with this organization it, this isn't just brian making some money by selling some tickets talk a little bit of, about the structure of this so we, when we assembled our board very recently, a few months ago, uh, we allowed ourselves a, a pretty short runway, but we're, we're off and running now. Uh, a couple of the folks on the board said, well, wait a minute. If we are going to start a new organization, 
it was great that we supported an educational effort all along, and then the vendors kind of benefited tangentially based on the exposure. Now the, we are a food and beverage support entity, and so from the very beginning we wanted to make sure that we were supporting the vendors directly, um, and so we devised a, an incentive system in, in exchange for each of the vendors promoting our event. Um, they actually can receive uh, money to recoup their costs. Um, so uh, one of the, the founding board members and quiet board members all along has been John Solomon over at Brooklyn's Finest and Sally's in, in Union Trust by the White House. Uh, John's a, a longtime friend and a great guy, and he said, look, I, I love you. I would do it regardless, but I have to tell you, on the business side of it, it's expensive, both in terms of product and staffing and everything else. And he gave just a quick tally of what it would cost to, to provide um, 300 samples is what we asked from each of the vendors. And so from that point on, we said, all right, well, let's let's – have a couple of very low bars to, to kind of get the ball rolling and get people involved. And then it also allows us as a very young entity without a huge social media presence to leverage all the vendor social media presence. So if we can get them focused on promoting the event, really highlight the community aspect of it, that we're all in this thing together. Um, and so that's the plan. You know, if we sell 300 tickets, which is essentially where we cover our costs, all the vendors get a hundred dollar credit. Um, and and that's, and that's the middle of, of, of what's to offer for them. But I have to tell you, initially when we devised this whole thing, it's, (laughs) I thought that that would be a huge carrot for the vendors. They're not necessarily motivated by the, the, the financial aspect of the exchange that they're excited to be a part of the event. They're excited to be around a bunch of other makers in this part of town. Um, as you said, it's really a who's who of what's going on. And they, and they run the spectrum from somebody as established as DC Brow, who really paved the way for all the other breweries which have followed, um, to some folks that are brand new at a union kitchen in Mess Hall. Um, and to see them interact and kind of uh, exchange different ideas and how they might work together um, is really exciting. And, and I think that, yes, that, that we are, as, a, as an entity, pumping money directly back to the vendors. Um, but even from their perspective, it's not really about that. It's, it's about something larger um, and, and showcasing all, all the great things that are happening and how they can work together. Yeah. I, I went um, – was it last last year you had it, had it at Doc5? Doc 5, yeah. Yeah, I, I went to that one. I remember being in Doc5. Uh, and um, it was it was phenomenal. It was packed in there. Um, and um, and the, the food offerings were phenomenal. So uh, – I, I I love that this keeps growing and uh, keeps enveloping new businesses and and um, offering new incentives and creative. I think that's a very creative incentive because you know everybody wins when you promote the the product um, on social media and if all of these businesses are taking part in that then. Yeah, every it's just going to continue to grow for you, and and speaking of continuing to grow for you, um, you're you're not just going to sit tight on Northeast either. That's right. So the other thing that came out of that initial board meeting, uh, one one of course was supporting the vendors directly, and then the next was why just Northeast. And I said, well, because it's the best. It's awesome. Agreed. But uh, one of our vendors uh, who had just asked the question from the very beginning. And I said, you know what, you're, you're, you're dead on. If we are going to be a, a food and beverage, small business support entity, and we're going to apply for a 501c3 status this summer. It's just, it, we didn't have it a long enough runway. We, we should really put our money where our mouth is. And we should, we should take this great community driven momentum and, and take it citywide. 
Um, and I think that eventually we're going to start getting some more attention from the, the city at large, um, which is great. And so Northeast is where we built this thing, and we're going to do it this year again uh, on June 1st. But then we're coming to Southeast next year, and I'm looking forward to, to speaking to some of your contemporaries who are leading some of the Main Street organizations and business improvement districts uh, in Southeast and see how we can kind of run this back but in a different quadrant. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's exciting stuff. So you're going to hit uh, different quadrants every year then? We have, yeah. Our, uh, our pretty cool logo, uh, i got to give a shout-out to Mike Van Hall, who's an incredibly talented local artist um, and has helped us out from branding the event from the very beginning. I asked him to consider all four quadrants when he put the logo out there. Um, so you'll see the little curly northeast uh, if you would see the E actually flips down to be a W for for and there's actually an S in the end, so we're gonna have nice. Southeast Southwest. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it, we're trying to build it properly so that we can we can grow uh, over the years and uh, yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. It'll be. It, you you assemble a board in order to push you right, and and they have done that from the very beginning. Dog on it all, they went and did it. <laughs> That's right. That's great. That's great. Well, you you you're going to be getting your five hundred one c three. What do you see as what do you see as the most important part of your role in this? What what, what has motivated you to create this to begin with? You know, as someone who's raising his family in the city. Um, Part of what makes this such a wonderful place to live is, is to me, it's, it's food and beverage driven. And it, it, when I visit other cities, I, what I want to do as soon as I hit the ground is, all right, if I lived here, where would I go to eat? Um, and, and that's the, that's the way that we travel. That's the way that we live. Um, you know, my, my kids, I think, are spoiled by the food options because they've grown up in a great time in D.C. for exciting, diff- especially we live in Petworth. So what's happening over there has uh, been a big change over the last eight or nine years since we've been there. And uh, so talking to business owners and kind of getting a better understanding of their challenges, you know, it, it, it's a tough place to do business sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that particularly in the food and beverage sector, there's a, there's a disconnect between the customer experience and what it takes to pull off the, the, the business owning experience. And I think that whatever we can do to support those business owners, um, be it legacy businesses that have been around for, for 40 or 50 years or, a lot of people that have been around for say five or 10 years in a different neighborhood and have helped create this, this momentum and this energy in various spots around town. But now it's harder for them to do business there because they've created this hot neighborhood. We want to help supply whatever support we can. Eventually I would love to see us with the, with any excess funds that are raised, develop some kind of grant program. And we would talk to people like yourself and figure out where are the gaps in funding? Where can we really insert ourselves in a meaningful way to help support these businesses um, so that we don't have these flashes in the pan for three or four years of great dining options or, or great beverage options. And then all of a sudden it becomes untenable for them to stay in that space. Right. Um, right. So to, to treat these people really as the community anchors that they are and the gathering places that they are and the, 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 the places that make me love living in this city and, and make sure that we're doing everything we can. So it's not just another case of, oh, I love this place. How did they close? It seemed like it was always packed. Well, yeah. it, it, it's expensive and sometimes difficult to, to pull off. Is, is that the disconnect as you were talking about, yeah. about between the consumer and being the owner of the business? Can you talk a little bit more about that? What, what sure. do you see as that disconnect? You know, I, I was looking through your website this morning, and, and I saw you had Paul Rupert on here, and I think he's an excellent example of somebody who continually puts himself out there 
Um, he has really been the, the, the architect behind the Upshur Street resurgence. And, and, you know, Slim's Diner was came with such fanfare. We waited for months for it to open, and everybody was so excited. And everybody, you know, there were people were banging on the door when it opened. And then a few years later, it, it's no longer open. And, and I think that um, knowing Paul a little bit and just understanding a little bit more about some of the challenges – you know, it's not always what meets the eye. It's not just how many people are in the in the building. It's not you know what the grand opening looks like. It's really what happens in that second, second, third, fourth year down the road. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I also just like being a truly independent entity. You know, we're not necessarily associated with any of the city agencies who are doing such wonderful work. Um, but I think a lot of times it can be a pretty crowded space and people don't understand where the various resources truly are that can, are directly relevant to them. Um, and so in my day job, a lot of what I do is just identifying all these different resources so that if a business comes to me and say, says, hey, I have this specific need, I can refer them to the right place. Um, and I think we would adopt a, a very similar attitude with, with the nonprofit moving forward, that we are viewed as a resource center who's kind of in the know and people can focus on running their daily businesses and not one, keeping track of what's happening where. Um, and we can, we can help them in that capacity, too. Well, and as a, a, a plug for a future episode, we're going to have you back uh, for another episode to talk about your day job and what you do with, with small businesses there. Um, suffice it to say, uh, folks that are tuning in, suffice it to say you're going you're to want to listen to this. If you have a small business or you're thinking about starting a small business, you're going to want to make sure and tune into that episode. Um, so... So make sure you just go ahead and, and subscribe to the podcast and have it automatically downloaded because you're going to want it. Um, so, Brian, the uh, well, let, let's 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 use you know Paul and, and Slim's Diner as an example, uh, and he is a brilliant guy. Uh, that was certainly one of my most enjoyable interviews, second only to you right now. <laughs> but um, you know he he. He is so uh, thoughtful mm-hmm. in his analysis of of the restaurant in- industry, and he's so generous in his willingness to share that information. Um, I keep trying to figure out ways to to get him over here to talk to our businesses and and more importantly, um, our property owners, mm-hmm. our commercial property owners, because you were talking about the. Um, the challenges of a business staying in place for more than three to four years, particularly the legacy businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think one of the things that DC is really struggling with, um, because it is a burgeoning food, foodie place, um, is that uh, commercial property owners are seeing an opportunity to raise rent. And, you know, they are absolutely entitled to make money off of their investments as well um but we're we're seeing at least on our end uh, a real challenge of of balancing out um the right of the of the the commercial property owner to make some money um while at the same time creating a sustainable financial ecosystem for all of our small businesses but in particular restaurants uh, but all of our small businesses um so where do you see your organization, this, this future nonprofit for Northeast Eats, um, where do you see that fitting in with that problem-solving area? Sure. Um, this is, we're 
We're trying to keep them separate, but it's going to bleed into my day job a little bit. So it'll you know, just be a teaser. For that's them. right. Um, I spent a lot of my time identifying what, what I call kind of internally gatekeepers to businesses. And no matter how awesome the program that we build out the university is going to be, if we'd spend all of our time trying to address individual businesses and trying to chase them down and trying to get them on board. Whereas if we identify someone like yourself, who I consider a true gatekeeper to, to this whole corridor, and I have, give you a, a, a strong understanding of what we're doing, then when we have an event or we have a guest speaker, or we have a program that we want to unroll, I can just send it to you. And then they're going to trust you a whole lot more than they're going to trust me because they don't know me. Oh, I don't know about all well, that. Well, <laughs> in theory. Um, yeah. And yeah. so I view our organization as being another gatekeeper. Uh, and, and so if there is somebody, and, and it happens on the other side too, the, the commercial real estate folks who are looking for tenants struggle with get, gaining the trust of some of these business owners, and rightly so. But if they were to call me and say, hey, do you know any restaurants who are currently looking for space? I might. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think that if, if we can somehow come to an agreement just leveraging relationships so I know the commercial real estate agent I can vouch for them and they're not going to do wrong by me and mm -hmm. then I know the, the business owner and I say hey you know if you call so and so they're going to treat you with respect and you know I, I, there's a space you might be interested in that's a much warmer conversation a much better possibility for, for a connection there than just a cold call happening one way or the other right Right. Um, so so that, I, see, I view us hopefully uh, being in that space as well, that uh, you know, we, relationships are, are, are massively important. Um, and, and I think that if we can continue to do right, right by everyone uh, as just a general principle, uh, and this goes for the university too, that, that we can be the conduit for a lot of great things that could happen in this town. Uh, partnerships, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So let's uh, let's – We'll save the rest of that conversation yep. for the next episode where we have you on. Uh, let's let's get back to Northeast Eats. Uh, let's talk about timelines. Yeah. So the the actual event is on June first from four to eight p.m. Uh, where are you at with um, with, with vendor, food vendor registrations, with ticket sales, with uh, if people want to be sponsors? Um, let's let's talk about all those things. So. As far as vendors go, we, we have an incredible lineup. Uh, I'm really excited about it. There's always room for more. I mean, DC Brow, one of the major benefits is that it's a massive space. And so even if we were to set up an extra five tables or so, um, the, the strategy all along has been never to increase the ask from each individual vendor. So that number of, of 300 tasting portions is, is flat. If we have more guests, then we will, should have more vendors, and then it's not like everyone's going to eat absolutely everything there, and you can try. I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to try. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the more the merrier, for sure. Um, and uh, so vendors, if we could have any food and beverage vendor reach out to me, the email is, is northeasteatsdc at gmail.com, um, or if you go to the website and click contact the organizer, that it ends up in the same place. Um, and the, the website is northeastetsdc.splashthat.com. Um, Northeast spelled out, not just any. Correct. Uh, Northeast eats, plural, dc, uh, dot splashthat.com. Thank you. It's a long URL. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> willing to pay for the vanity. Uh, so, uh, 
yeah, so food vendors for sure. If we could have them contact us by uh, the start of Memorial Day weekend, it's going to be a short week and a, and a, and a mail storm to, to finish. And I want to make sure we supply each of the vendors with tables and tablecloths and basic paper goods and ice and all that other stuff. So um, the better prepared we can be so we're not running around at the end would be great. And also you can help us promote. Um, we can promote you as being a part of it. Um, so, yeah, that would be kind of the, the deadline there. Um, sponsors, I will be happy to make any arrangements at any time. <laughs> Spoken like a true fundraiser. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, you know, the, the Menkiti Group has been an a, a incredible sponsor all the way through. Um, they, they've been so supportive of this event from the beginning. They also are super smart on the real estate side. Yeah, absolutely. They have purchased the cups for the event every year, which I think is the most valuable <laughs> real estate for any sponsor. Um, so that ship sailed. But, uh yeah, any sponsors, if this resonates with any of the local businesses who would like a presence there, um, we are more than happy to, to allow you a table if you want it or help promote you via our social media um, and also give you a shout-out at the event. So um, it's kind of cool. DC United actually is involved now. Um, they are going to really? be a promotional sponsor. Uh, I did not look at their schedule when we picked our date, so there's a home game that day. Um, <laughs> but they're going to help us promote. And then actually all attendees will become eligible for two free tickets to their game uh, against Orlando on the 26th. Nice. Um, so that was kind of cool to see our logo next to Wayne Rooney's face. That was kind of a highlight. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, any sponsors, uh, we, we will make that happen at any time. Um, yeah, that'll happen. And then as far as the, the tickets go, you know, this is a last-minute town. God love it. Um, but it, the, the more tickets that we sell in advance – the, the more things we can add to the, particularly the kids portion of the program, it, it is kid friendly. Yeah. Um, and so we have some great ideas. Actually, we talked to the folks from Wondergarten yesterday, uh, and they're going to participate and bring a lot of their like cornhole boards and and big Jenga and all that oh, kind of stuff. Nice. Um, so they're going to kind of recreate a little mini Wondergarten experience based on the the activities that they have to activate the space. Um, but yeah, I mean the the, the more advanced ticket sales we get, the, the, the more we can dream a little bit more about, about enhancing the experience. But the, the core tenets of, of excellent food and beverage, it will, uh, that's locked and loaded. Yeah, so DC, come on. You can, you can do this. You can plan ahead a little bit. You, we, we love spontaneity, but come on. Uh, let's get your tickets. And, and actually, as a, as a benefit for your listeners, you do have your own discount code. That's right. Uh, if you guys uh, sign up for our newsletter uh, or track us down on social media, you'll see a link to the newsletter, and, uh, this, this, yes, this last Thursday's newsletter. And uh, in that is, uh, is a link to get tickets with a discount code. So you have zero reason to miss out on this. It's a good price. Uh, any other last-minute information that we need to know about Northeast Eats? I don't think so. You know, I think at the end of the day, it's, uh, <laughs> I always said I wanted to, to, to start my own business and be an entrepreneur. And this is, uh, <laughs> be all careful of that. what you wish for. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, you know, I heard someone speak recently at a, uh, I think local first panel uh, and he said, yeah, being an entrepreneur is awesome. You get to be your own boss and you get to pick your own hours. And he said, yeah, you get to choose whichever 18 hours a day you want to work. <laughs> um, and so I'm feeling a little bit of that now. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit more of my combat experience for, for helping other businesses. Uh, but it's, it's, it's truly exciting. And I, I can't say, I can't thank the vendors enough because it's one thing for me to invite everybody to a party. And then, you know, it's just me standing there in an empty room. It's a whole other thing to have such incredible community partners that are willing to showcase their talents and their products. Yeah. Um, and, you know, f from the very beginning, the, 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 the food and beverage community has really embraced this event. Um, and they've, they've 
stuck with us through some of the, the, the undulations over the years and the crummy weather in the early years and all the rest. But, you know, the fact that they still pick up the phone when I call, I think, is a pretty good indication. Because <laughs> um, these folks get asked all, every single day for donations. You yeah, know, the, yeah. when I say, ever send out a blast email, half of them come back with a, if this is a donation request, we'll respond in five to seven days. And yet they email back and say, hey, great, you know, let us know how we can help. And we're, we're pumped to be there. So nice. um, it's, 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 it's a great community to be a part of. And I think that, you know, this, this part of town in particular has, has really become the, the, the cradle of, of food and beverage innovation. And, and that's what I, was, what I noticed four years ago, and it's gotten even stronger since. Um, and it's, it's an exciting place to be, and uh, we're, we're fortunate to be connected into it in this way. Well, we are uh, collectively fortunate to have you heading this up and uh, the, in, the, in the mind behind this. And uh, thank you for, for creating it. Uh, I, I cannot wait. Uh, I'm all about food, uh, as my waistline can attest. Uh, so this is, uh, this is an exciting thing for me. Uh, and, and, you know, it's exciting to see opportunities for these businesses, particularly particularly the ones that are um, up and coming and working out of Mass Hall and Union Kitchen and, and the like um, to, to really have this opportunity to showcase themselves. That's it's very exciting. Uh, so to repeat, the website where you can get tickets is northeasteatsdc.splashthat.com. Um, you can get tickets there. You can see the full lineup of, um, of food vendors and uh, brewing vendors and distilling, distilling vendors, uh, as well as sponsors. And uh, you can get your tickets there. You can see the um, schedule. Again, that's June, June 1st from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, tickets are fifty dollars. Is that right? Fifty dollars. Yep. And, and then we also have we have a designated driver option. Um, so for twenty dollars, it's basically food only and non-alcoholic beverages. Um, and kids under ten are free. So we're, we're, we want to meet everybody where they are and uh, and welcome to the party. That sounds great. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I will see you on June first. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate right. it. Okay, thanks everyone for tuning in, and we're going to have Brian back another episode uh, to talk about his work with small businesses. Um, but until then, um, have a good week. See you later. Bye.